Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's Friday, Dolphin fans, and we are back with a brand new episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. In this preview episode, we will preview Miami's Week 6 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, what we should look for and expect from rookie quarterback Skylar Thompson, what to expect from the Miami Dolphins defense, and we will even be joined by our great friend, the third musketeer, Merrick Brave. But before we welcome in, let me welcome in my co-host, the one, the only, Jake Mendel. Jake, I did that as best I could for memory. How you doing today, man? That was impressive. See, I'm over here. It's like, uh, it's tough doing an intro for a podcast. Let me tell you, you usually got the music build up when you're listening to, but um, Merrick, I want to bring you in right away. Do do we think he, I think he might have read off the script there near the end. How, what, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I also think I need to <laughs> change my name to like Jarek or something so I can get with the alliteration, the Jake and Josh and Jarek show, because Merrick doesn't really work in there. At least I can say that name right. At least I can pronounce it right, or at least most of the time. <laughs> the first time you ever said my name on the podcast, uh, when I was writing for the Finsider but not joining you as a guest, you definitely called me Myreek or something like that. Merrick, Merrick, Merrick. Which is a stretch considering it's spelled M-A-R-E-K. And you said Myreek or something. Just incredible. It's adding a little pizzazz, a little personality to the names. But here we are. The Dolphins are returning home. Coming off a really tough, I mean, uh, two-game road trip, both losses. I think the simple question here, guys, it's it's pretty obvious. Does returning home help solve Miami's problems? I can already imagine having Tua on the sideline. Um, it's pretty clear he's not playing as we're recording on Friday. Um, I think having him on the sideline gets everyone jazzed up. So um, is this the get-right game? I don't know if it's necessarily a get-right game. I think... In all honesty, I think the Vikings might be looking at us as a get-right game, even though they're four and one, so they don't really need to get right. Even though you know a lot of their victories have been been close ones, and maybe they play down to their opponents a little bit. And I'm sure we'll get into that uh, as we continue on through this podcast. But it felt like it felt like we were in mourning as a fan base this week, just with everything that's been going on with Tua leaving. Uh, the Cincinnati game a couple weeks ago with a concussion and then Teddy leaving the Jets game with a non-concussion. And then, you know, he's in the protocol and he can't practice and this player's hurt and that player's hurt. And everybody was bickering and fighting on Dolphins Twitter. And it, it just felt like we were in mourning. And then yesterday video comes out from practice and, and two was on the field and, 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 and everyone's dancing and, and joking and having a good, a good time. And we, as a fan base, we got to, we got to see that, hey, the, the Dolphins aren't stressing right now. The Dolphins aren't worried. They know that these two losses have kind of come with a little bit of an asterisk 
So you know what? I saw that. I saw them having a good time. I saw them dancing around. And I thought to myself, if they can have fun, so can I. So optimism hat back on for this ep- episode today. Let's go Dolphins fins up, baby. They brought back the ping pong table too. Yeah, I had to make it. I was going to make sure to say that we were sitting here. Everyone's going spin zone talking about what type of leaders Tyree Killa, you know, Xavier Howard, etc. He said that thing was just old and sh- and they're trying to like improve it. So uh, they did put Mike McDaniel on the spot today to try to see if uh, what he could come of it. But uh, dude, I, I think that's hilarious. But I do, I do think this is, again, I think the Vikings are a tougher team than we might expect. You know, we'll break down the matchup here. I mean, that offense, best receiver in football. But I think we're getting to a ton of a little back out there, his spirit. I mean, like Merrick said, everyone's dancing on the sideline. Roses will bloom again. I think um, Mike McDaniel said today that, you know, Tua was leading, you know, practice yesterday getting the guys riled up you know so having that morale having you know him there for Skylar Thompson to rely on this Sunday could mean the world and um as of now I think Teddy Bridgewater and well not I don't think they are Teddy Bridgewater and Tua Tungvaluor still in concussion protocol they do still expect I guess Teddy to hopefully back up Skylar Thompson this weekend but if not they would then call it Reed Sinit you know Miami Dolphin preseason legend so um I'm definitely feeling a lot better with two time of a low out there. And hopefully, you know, he can get right, get off the concussion protocol, and we can see him next week on Sunday night football in those throwbacks. Knowing that Skylar Thompson's gonna be the quarterback, his best friend come Sunday will be whoever is lining up in the backfield with him. We're starting to get a feeling that maybe Raheem Mostert's the guy. Obviously, I think it was the second or third move that the Dolphins made this offseason was signing Chase Edmonds to a two-year deal. He's getting six mil this year. And everyone kind of assumed that he's your running back, right? You go out, you get him first, and then you sign Raheem Monster a day later. You know, coming off an injury, I think it was a one-year, $3 million deal. But he came out against the Jets and showcased everything you want out of Mike McDaniel's outside zone offense. He carried the ball 18 times for 113 yards and a touchdown long of 24 yards. Guys, what does keeping that momentum doing, how does keeping that momentum going on the ground really impact how Skylar Thompson can perform come Sunday? I think you said it right, Jake. The running back uh, is the rookie quarterback's best friend. And I thought you had a great thread uh, just yesterday or or two days ago, was it? It might have been yesterday, depending on when people are listening to this. But you had a great thread on your, your Twitter account. Uh, detailing the outside zone scheme that Raheem Mostert has has mastered uh, when he was in San Francisco. And now he's brought that mastery here to uh, Miami and you've seen his snap share increase uh, every single game that he's played for the Dolphins this season. So you're right. I think Mostert has taken over that number one running back job. My fantasy team rejoices uh, as I have him (laughs) rostered, Um, but I'm excited to see how he's utilized on Sunday against the Vikings and you know they like to they like to run that that too high safety look, which should leave some some running lanes open for Mostert if he is able to uh, get the blocking up front that he needs. You know, might still be without Teron Armstead this game. His status up in the air. Uh, maybe get Austin Jackson back. So uh, maybe not an even trade, but uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, you're right. I think Mostert's kind of grabbed hold of that RB one title and he'll hold it for as long as he's healthy in my opinion and i'm just thankful i'm in enough fantasy leagues where i can have chase edmonds and you know let him ride the pine on the bench and then hopefully spot star raheem Mostert, who over his three of the last four games had 75 plus yards from scrimmage like you guys both mentioned carried the ball 18 times for 113 yards and one touchdown 6.3 yards per carry and i found this crazy that Raheem Mostert is now second in NFL history behind only Rashad Penny in yards per rush, averaging 5.48 yards per carry, a minimum 250 attempts. 
guy's a perfect fit for this offense, as you'd expect. I think Mike McDaniel, you know, once they signed Raheem Mostert, even say, you know, those guys kind of had a relationship at San Francisco where he said, you know, they had an opportunity down the line. Maybe he would follow him there. So it's absolutely Raheem Mostert's backfield. It's absolutely, um, you know, something you have to get working again, because as we saw last week, you know, that that offense was moving when Mostert was going. I do think they kind of took a back burner, you know, took him out of the game, maybe late, let Miles Gaskin get some of those carries to keep him fresh against, again, a Minnesota Vikings team that's going to be pretty damn good against the run. You mentioned it, Josh, but we know Mostert's RB1 now. I'm not so sure Chase Edmonds is RB2. Uh, He's had a couple of dropped passes, uh, one very prominent drop pass in that Bengals game on the opening drive for the Dolphins on on a beautiful ball from Tua Tungavailoa that would have tied the the game up, but he dropped that touchdown pass. He had a a couple more drops last week against the Jets. Uh, And then Gaskin, it looked like he replaced Edmonds. I don't even think he was brought in just kind of like, oh, well, this thing's out of of hand here. I think he was brought in to take those touches away from from Edmonds. So you might see a little bit more Miles Gaskin going forward. And he looked decent uh, in his limited action against the Jets. His uh, 2.2 yards per carry there, always flexing. But of well, course, but that how is many better. receptions? Did he have any receptions? I feel like I'm uh, maybe one or two or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you compare it to Chase Edmonds, one carry for one yard, he caught zero of his two targets. You definitely see that. And I do wonder, too, how much the scheme plays into this, because uh, with that thread you mentioned, it's like to be a running back in the scheme, you have to be like a pro dance, dance revolution player. Just the way you're always shuffling your feet nonstop. It's kind of like, you're not even thinking about it. You're just doing it out of instinct. And Chase Edmonds, his running style, seems to kind of get the ball, find that first hole upfield and just kind of barrel towards it and hope for the best where, I mean, I've seen plays where Mostert really makes an impact by making two guys miss when they're standing face-to-face at each other. He doesn't run into tackles. And, you know, you kind of think about it. I have seen Miles Gaskin do that in the past. We might have called it just straight up dancing, which, you know, you're never a fan of in the backfield. But I could see him kind of playing towards that playing style. But at the same time, I mean, Mike McDaniel, all we've preached is, hey, this is someone who can get the best out of his players and he knows how to optimize talent. Chase Edmonds, Mike Kosicki, those are two guys that instantly come to mind that I don't know if I'd write them out just yet i was trying to focus on what you were saying jake but all i had was a a vision of you playing dance dance revolution in my head and just (laughs) just going crazy just river dancing all over that and that's you gotta hold the bar that's yeah i I imagine you're fantastic at it (laughs) no not at all i think josh left us to go play dance dance revolution (laughs) i was gonna say i'm more of a a rock band guy myself when it comes Same. to the, to the music games there. So we'll have to link up on that. I don't even know if this is going to make it into the episode. <laughs> we can, we we're, can add it. You guys are talking about running backs still, right? You're no, talking about miles gas can be No, we're talking about dance, dance revolution and rock band. We've, oh. we've, <laughs> we've spiraled out of control. That's what we do here. Right. He did have three catches for 24 yards. I looked that up. There I did hear go. that part and then I got bounced. So uh, yeah, he made an impact. And I think you're right with what chase Emmons has done. I mean, that game, that Thursday night game, him dropping that touchdown, I mean, it felt like everything just kind of spiraled out of control after that. Uh, obviously, we know what the actual issue was in that Bengals game. But, um, yeah, man, let's fire up Raheem Mostert, give Miles Gaskin some touches, I guess. Let's see what we can do here. But 2.2 yards per carry, that won't cut it. And two, it's really obvious at this point, Skylar Thompson will be the starter. Last week, five yards per attempt through the air, 166 yards and a touchdown. I think no, the no, most important... No, no interception, right? Interception, yep. I completely uh, I flipped those. We wish it was a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> what could have been. Um, I think the key here, and I don't know if it's excuse-making, but this is a seventh 
round pick, a third string quarterback who didn't get first team reps. And I think that's going to be the most interesting thing to see this week is what this offense is going to look like after Mike McDaniel has been mashing those peas for that baby Gerber food two spoon feed Skylar Thompson all day on Sunday. So guys, you look at this Minnesota Vikings defense, Justin Fields had his best day as a passer, a 118 rating last week against the Vikings. How do we feel Skylar Thompson can do? Is this a passing tech that's just going to be doomed? You have Patrick Peterson on the other side. What's going to happen? So last week, the game plan was not geared towards Skylar Thompson. Clearly, this was a a Teddy Bridgewater game plan, uh, and he gets taken out of the game on the first offensive play for the Miami Dolphins. And then Mike McDaniel is left scrambling on the sidelines to figure out how he can best utilize Skylar Thompson and his skill set. And I think he does have a very different skill set than Teddy Bridgewater. I think Skylar Thompson... Uh, is a more mobile quarterback. I would love to see McDaniel utilize Thompson's rushing abilities, rushing skills. Uh, he is, is, you know, he's good on the, the rollouts. We've seen McDaniel. He likes to use those rollouts. He was using them with Tua. So I think if we can get some some play action, some, some bootlegs, some rollouts, maybe even some designed rushes for Skylar Thompson, uh, I think that's how you're going to best utilize Skylar Thompson in this game. 100% agree. I mean, we talked about in the last one, I joked, you know, scheme this thing up like it's Lamar Jackson, or, you know, those early days in Washington with RG3, because I mean, when you go back and look at the tape, there were a couple times where Thompson, you know, just looked like he wanted to take off. And when you add that element, you know, that aspect to the game that opens things up downfield then. I mean, I don't know if the Dolphins offense is going to come out here fire on all cylinders like we all, you know, have hoped and envisioned. But I mean, with a full week of practice with those receivers, you know, Tyreek Hill got the boot off. He's healthy. Jalen Waddle, superstar. Hopefully Mike Kosicki gets more involved. I mean, with a full week of practice in this offense, you know, in this system, one that, you know, CJ Bathard, did I say it right that time? I, I think nope. I did. <laughs> oh, Should have stu- stuck with CJ Beathard. Like CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, you know, these guys that have won games in San Francisco. Why not Skylar Thompson? Why not the guy that we all sat here praised throughout preseason, you know, led the league in yards, you know, sat here and said, you know, could he be pushing Teddy Bridgewater? He's getting his chance now. Although, you know, not in the most ideal circumstances. We hope that offensive line showed up, right? Because, I mean, that's kind of where, you know, ultimate doom and gloom could come because it does not seem like Teron Armstead's going to be ready to go. And you mentioned Austin Jackson earlier. Uh, Mike McDaniel came straight up in his press conference today and said Frank Smith was just being way too optimistic. And that was a day-to-day thing. So we might not have him either this Sunday. Thanks, Josh. You just ruined everything. Way to go. Way to go. This was a team, the Miami Dolphins gave up two sacks last week, 16 quarterback hits. We talked a lot about this during our preview or our post-game show against the Jets about how this was a New York Jets team that doesn't blitz often, yet Skylar Thompson was always under pressure. Uh, The Vikings blitz about 20% of the time, averaged just over two sacks per game. And you have guys, Danelle Hunter and Zadarius Smith, are very, very scary in that defensive front seven. Yeah, so, I mean, this could come down to the health of the offensive line. I, I was really sad that I wasn't able to do the, the fake-ass doctor report, and, and Josh <laughs> sniped me on that. I had a meeting right before we recorded, so I did miss all of McDaniel's press conference here today. Um, so uh, Greg Little on the right side, probably Brandon Shell on the left side. Uh, you're going to have to run the ball well. You really are going to have to run the ball well and and keep pressure off of Skylar Thompson because if he has to drop back and throw the ball 40 times against the Vikings, I think that's a recipe for a loss. Yeah, it was his first start, but I mean, there were issues where, you know, he held on to the ball too long, wasn't trusting his eyes, didn't let it rip when he should have. So um, with that defensive line, you know, that 
they'd like to disguise things. I think Mike McDaniel said during his press, you know, this is a team that likes to, you know, confuse the offense, you know, throw a lot at them. No different than what the Dolphins have done in practice with Skylar Thompson. So I hope to God that offensive line can hold up. I hope they can get that run game going and at least give Skylar Thompson enough time to stay in the pocket. I mean, let him try to take some more chances downfield. That was one of the cool things about him when he came into the game. He was just, you know, trying to anything he could to move that ball downfield. And you saw many pass interference calls. He, you know, they ended up drawing with those plays. So um, we need Mike McDaniel on that offense to be firing all cylinders because that defensive line, that Vikings defense is very good. And then, I mean, we're not even talking about the offense yet. I mean, again, how are the Dolphins going to stop that Minnesota Vikings offense? Let's take a break. Let's gather our thoughts. And on the other side, we'll discuss that question. How on earth will the Miami Dolphins slow down Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson? So stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. So the Minnesota Vikings come to Hard Rock Stadium with a record of 4-1. and one. This record is a little interesting to look at. A win over Detroit Lions, 28-24. The Saints, 28-25. And last week, the Chicago Bears, 29-22. Those are three very close games. Kirk Cousin, a quarterback that has yet to go over 300 yards on the year. But guys, that's not the story here. Let's, let's start with the running game like we did with the Miami Dolphins. Delvin Cook. 5.2 yards per carry, two touchdowns last week against the Bears. I feel like Miami's defense has been pretty good against the run. They're giving up about four yards per carry. But overall, I mean, I think they've been solid. But Delvin Cook, that's a whole different type of uh, back you're dealing with come Sunday. Yeah, Delvin Cook, I, I believe he's from the South Florida area. Uh, I know mm-hmm. his his brother, James Cook, was doing some pre-draft training with uh, Tua's trainer, Nick Hicks. Um, and, I, and I believe Dalvin joined in on that uh, a time or two. So he has uh, some South Florida roots, probably happy to be playing uh, down here this weekend. Um, he is dealing with a shoulder issue. Uh, he he wore a harness in last week's game. But like you said, Jake, I don't think it, it hampered him too much. 5.2 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Uh, he's one of the best running backs in the league. So you got one of the best running backs, one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver. This is a formidable offense, and Kirk Cousins is kind of like that prototypical Shanahan quarterback. Like, he came up in the Shanahan system with Washington, uh, and it feels like Kyle Shanahan and even Mike McDaniel have been looking for the next Kirk Cousins since. So we'll get a up-close and, and personal look at, at his skill set this weekend. But, yeah, I think Dalvin Cook – along with Justin Jefferson. Those are the straws that stir the drink for the Minnesota offense. Justin Jefferson last week, 13 targets, 12 receptions, 154 yards, an absolute monster week. The key here, Xavier Howard, is he going to be out there? According to him, he says yes. He's meeting with the media, and he just straight out said, yep, I'll be playing on Sunday. So, I mean, you hope that one week of rest helped him, but it's still a big concern. That's a very scary matchup. And in reality, that entire secondary, you look at some maybe side battles with KJ Osborne, Irv Smith, those guys were targeted 10 times last week against the Bears, uh, caught nine balls for 83 yards. So, I mean, this might be where 
the big matchup is one or loss. If you can contain Delvin Cook, maybe on a couple drives, you can't let that one big play happen that lets everything spiral out of control. Yeah, and with Xavier and Howard dealing with the multiple groin injuries, you know, one on each side, that is tough. That's tough. And you you have to wonder if sitting out just one game, and he did have the extra few days of rest since the last time he did play was on a on a Thursday night, but you have to wonder if just the one game is enough to get mm-hmm. him feeling right, you know, to use to use a reference that you guys have used in previous podcasts. I am I am a fanboy. I listen to you every Uh-oh. episode. Uh I'll try and do this to the best of my ability. But if 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 T Higgins is going to roast Xavier Howard the way he did and T Higgins is the uh the the squirtle of the bunch, then Justin Uh-oh. Jefferson is coming in. He's the Blastoise baby. He's <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, he he's ready to do some damage because T Higgins great receiver, but he's not in the same stratosphere as Justin Jefferson. Did I do that right? Am I good? That was great, man. You're a regular old Ash Ketchum. I, I know you guys both talked about Dalvin Cook. I mean, after the week we saw Brees Hall have, I mean, you got to be a little bit uneasy about what Dalvin Cook can do. But you mentioned Xavier Howard, man. I don't think that one week's going to really, you know, change everything. He had both those things wrapped up, right? I mean, he looked like the booger kid from Little Giants, like we said. So hopefully he can <laughs> shut down Justin Jefferson. I, we didn't even mention Adam Thielen, right? What's he, 32 years old and still going out there making plays? So, I mean, that's another playmaker that they have. And Kirk Cousins, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, a lot of us kind of look at. I, I know I've seen it before with Dolphin fans. You know, there have been rumors. Should the Dolphins get Kirk Cousins? I've seen that posted before. I mean, a lot of people think down upon him, you know, think he's not that good of a quarterback, but he absolutely is. I mean, he can go out there and make plays. And with those weapons, that Dolphins secondary is going to have to be firing all cylinders. And we have to be able to get the pass rush home, right? I mean, that offensive line's pretty damn good for Minnesota. We've been unable to get to the quarterback. I think Emmanuel Agba, I saw some stack going around where he only had, was it one pressure all year? Or was that just in the game? It could not have been all year, right? It had to be I last I think it was the game. game. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, damn, that would be really be some uh, bang for your buck. But we just need to get to the quarterback, see some more out of Melvin Ingram, some of that early stuff we saw, and just have Josh Boyer scheme it up. But again, you can't be bringing those zero blitzes. You know, bringing the heat if you don't have a healthy Xavier Howard locking down one of those sides. Yeah, I do wonder, though, I think the issue with someone like Kirk Cousins is there is like that kryptonite, right? You know, that upper echelon, you try to you try your best to find that kryptonite nine times out of 10, you don't. I wonder, maybe not the same style of quarterback. I, I look back to that matchup with Jared Goff, the Dolphins had a few years ago. I look up the matchup last week between the Patriots and the Lions. I wonder if I, I put those two guys in the same category, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins. I kind of wonder, I kind of hope that, hey, there is a plan book to beat these guys. And I think if any team has it with that blitz happy package, that the dolphins run, I think it's them. But I think Josh, the key here is above everything else. You can't blitz unless Xavier Howard is healthy covering someone like Justin Jefferson. And Miami's passing offense has really struggled this year. You mentioned one pressure for Emmanuel Agbo last week. Try one interception on the season for this Miami dolphins defense. I think to me, that's one of the biggest surprises. The turnovers just haven't been there yet. Yeah, the Dolphins haven't gotten a turnover since week one. This Bananas. is week six. And I think we're not too far removed from having a, a turnover or getting a turnover in 20-plus consecutive games. I don't even remember the number. You probably got it somewhere, Josh, in that uh, steel trap of a, a memory of yours. What was that? I'm sorry. The, I know the, the Dolphins have won three of the last five. Is that what you said? <laughs> con- consecutive <laughs> consecutive turnover streak. What was the record that the Dolphins had? 22 I was, right. was going to say 21 or 22. I think they did hit 22. Yeah, I'd have so to search my name a, on Twitter. They got a turnover in 21 or 22 straight games, and they haven't had one since week one of this season. So the Dolphins' defense 
they're not playing like the Dolphins defense. And you give them a pass because you don't have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard has been injured all year long, missed last week's game. But that's when we need other guys to step up. And this is a, a depleted secondary, but last I checked, our, our defensive line is healthy. And we need Jalen Phillips to, you know, he's getting a lot of pressures, but we need him to, to get home and sack the quarterback. We need Emmanuel Ogba to create those pressures or at least get those batted balls. We need Melvin Ingram to, to get back to the way he was playing in the first couple of games and, and get out there and get after the quarterback. Like somebody's got to step up on this defense, especially if the Dolphins are going to have a chance to win on Sunday against an offense as good as the Vikings. I was just going to say, I think we were spoiled, right? From that, you mentioned that streak we had. We were spoiled with all the takeaways we had, you know, being able to capitalize on those. So um, I just hope we can find that again and see what this Dolphins defense can do. They're third worst in the secondary, according to DVOA. So, I mean, it's been just an absolutely brutal season for the Dolphins. And like you mentioned, you need someone, someone please step up. And they got to get better at tackling, right? I don't know if you guys mentioned that when I got drug away with the kids, but I mean, their tackling has been brutal since the preseason. So many missed tackles, and that includes Jalen Phillips in that run game. Is there, can we put any stock into the fact that Kirk Cousins came up in that Kyle Shan, Shanahan offense with someone like Mike McDaniel? I mean, I look at those uh, Rams 49ers games. They always seem so low scoring because they're two coaches that know each other so well. Is there, can we put any stock in the fact that Mike McDaniel probably knows exactly what Kirk Cousins likes and doesn't like, or is that just kind of trying to push it a little too far? Obviously these guys haven't been on the same team for some time. You're probably onto something there. Uh, And not only is, you know, does Mike McDaniel know Kirk Cousins in that offense, but Josh Boyer does too. And you alluded to it earlier, Jake, but whenever this style of defense, this type of defense goes up against a statuesque quarterback, uh, like a Jared Goff, like a Kirk Cousins, they seem to do well. So if we can get pressure on Cousins, whether that's with, uh, you know, the base defense or whether that's with the cover zero and sending blitzers, uh, Brandon Jones, Javon Holland, I know there was some talk uh, on on Twitter this week about how Javon Holland was being asked to stay back in coverage more than he had uh, last year. And he wasn't being sent on the blitz as much as he had last year. And that's probably a product of this secondary being unhealthy, but you got to let good players do what they do well. And Javon Holland is a fantastic blitzer. Brandon Jones is a fantastic blitzer and we need to send those guys and get them after Kirk cousins. And you know what? If that results in a deep completion or a deep touchdown to Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson, then so be it. But if you're going to go out, you better go out guns a blazing and don't sit back on your heels and, you know, pray and and keep your fingers crossed that everything's going to go all right. Put the pressure on them, send the heat towards them. And like I said, if you go out, go out guns a blazing firing on all cylinders, let's go, man. Like if you lose the game, you go to three and three. So what, you know, we'll get everybody healthy and we'll get right after that. But if you want to win this game, you got to get to Kirk cousins and you got to send that blitz. I was just going to say preach. I don't think there's really anything else I can say after that. I mean, I think you nailed it. Speaking to the fact though, guns are blazing. I think defensively for sure. Offensively, they're probably going to be closer to a turtle. Um, and if you're going to win as a turtle, you need a kicking game. Should we well, start to you're worry gonna be about a turtle? You're going to be a turtle when your left tackles, Brandon shell. <laughs> dad jokes baby there I'm it 30, is i'm 36 cash <laughs> are you are you both the same are you guys the same age yeah 30, we are, are we th- are are you oh yeah you just had a well no i didn't turn 36 ago. yet but oh. soon I'm, I'm basically there january bunch of boomers but last thing before <laughs> we wrap up here 
Jason Sanders, he has missed 10 field goals in the last 22 games. He missed 12 field goals in the previous 48 games. Each of the last two weeks, he missed a 50-yard field goal. Obviously, that's a huge ask, but when you have a kicker that's I think his contract's the third most expensive among all kickers. You need a little bit more from him, considering the fact that both of those drives on the other end, the opposing team scored touchdowns. So, guys, is it as simple as, hey, they were playing out in the cold somewhere else, backed out of Miami, it's Warbirds, it's easier to kick, or should we start getting our hand closer to the panic button in terms of special teams and, and Jason Sanders as a kicker? I, will, I think we need to bust out that quizometer that we were talking about <laughs> in, in the dms the quizometer yeah. however you want to pronounce it but uh 10 field goals in the last 22 games that's not good that's not good and 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 it seems like money sanders you know stylized with the dollar sign at the front of the name there sanders i think he's gone bankrupt and i'm worried about sanders going forward but when you look around the league there's not a lot of great kickers. I mean, you have your Harrison Buckers and your and your Justin Tuckers and and whatnot, but a lot of teams are struggling to find a consistent kicker, and that's you know is a deeper problem that that goes beyond uh, what the Dolphins are experiencing. However, when you are the third highest paid kicker in the league, you better perform like the third best kicker in the league. And right now, Sanders isn't anywhere near the top half of the best kickers in the league, unfortunately. Yeah, I definitely think it's time to be worried. And, you know, maybe whether it's the draft for agency, the Dolphins, that's something they'll probably address in the offseason. We're getting told that we have 10 minutes left. So let's give out our previews. I mentioned earlier, the Dolphins have won three of the last five. They lead the all-time series eight to five. The most significant win being that 16-14 win back in Super Bowl eight. That was, of course, the encore performance by the 1972 team. The last game the Dolphins played, they lost 41-17 to against the Vikings. That was Kalen Balaj had a 75-yard run. So, boys, again, Fastest Vikings run are, in the league that year. Yeah, People I remember they were like next-gen stats. And yep. everyone keeps – dude, everyone keeps telling me that I was a Kalen Balaj stand. That is complete bullshit. It was it was uh Kanata. We even went yep. on and did our yeah. So I always get people at me. Yo, Howitz, what about your boy Kalen Blood? Man, f that. Okay, sorry, I spotted out of control. <laughs> Guys, give me your give me your thoughts on this Sunday's game. Which again, Dolphins three and two, four and one Vikings. We didn't even talk about the sun. I mean, the sun's going to impact this game a little bit, right? The <laughs> the Vikings should be in their purple jerseys. Dolphins are three point home underdogs. The over under is forty five and a half. I'm done talking. Give me your prediction got to be it right and and that's why i do think you have to focus on the ground game and and like i said that involves designed runs for skylar thompson that involves those outside zones with raheem mostert that involves you know getting miles gaskin in there hopefully chase edmonds can do something you know i wonder if we see maybe even savan Ahmed be active for this game and we'll just employ a, an all run all day offense uh and call itself the giants the, the bills came down to south florida and we beat them they scored 19 points. The Vikings aren't the Bills. You know what I mean? The Vikings are not the Bills. Xavier Howard was healthy for that game. That's probably the big difference. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe he's been sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber like Michael Jackson in 1993 or, or whatever year it was. Uh, but come on. We got to do something, right? We got to be able to do something. They got to get that swagger back. We saw the video. They were dancing at practice. They're feeling good. I told you I had my optimism hat on earlier in this episode, and I lied because I think the Dolphins uh -oh. are going to lose this game. <laughs> I think oh, the Dolphins no. are going to lose Come this game, on. and I don't think it's particularly going to be close. I'll take uh, 28 to 13 Vikings. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> 28 to 13? 
no faith in Skyler. Skyler is not the limit. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) You know what? I'll revise my prediction if maybe Skyler is struggling so badly that McDaniel just says F it and he sends in Teddy. And then maybe Teddy comes in and leads some magical, miraculous uh, second half comeback, much like Tua did against the Ravens. So if, if Teddy plays for a majority of that game, then I could see the Dolphins eking out a, a, a last second victory. And maybe uh, Jason Sanders makes us eat crow and, and kicks the game winning 54 yard field goal. Um, but if Skyler plays the whole game and we're just going to lean on him and, and use this as an opportunity to get some players healthy, then I just, I can't see us pulling it out, man. He was a seventh round rookie for a reason. Yeah. So it's hard to argue that man, but I'm, I'm, we got to keep our optimism, right? Jake, we got to stay strong, be those homers. Are you ready for it? Are you going to do it? I was going to do it. I was going to just go with I'll the give you six... a prediction. Let me give you a spin zone first. All go right. I want to give you my prediction. Week one, Minnesota Vikings, their biggest win of the season. Green Bay Packers, a 16 point differential. That was at home. The Vikings are four and O at home. They are zero and one on the road. It was a 24 to seven loss in Philly. And this was a Vikings team that looked like the 2019 Miami Dolphins. How, you might ask? Their leading rusher that week was Kirk Cousins with 20 rushing yards. Josh, take it from there. Yeah, man. I mean, I I was just going to take the easy way out and say it was going to be a 16-14 game like it was back in Super Bowl League. Is is it okay to do that, (laughs) to take take that easy way out? But I I do think you got to limit Skylar Thompson, not ask him to do too much, get that run game going, and hopefully we get that aggressive defense. But as of right now, I mean, it really all hinders on, you know, the offensive line's health. How long does Xavier Howard hold up? Because let's be honest, guys, even if Xavier Howard didn't have, you know, two injured groins, he only had one. He had, even if he was fully healthy, he'd probably, you know, still have a pretty tough matchup against what many are considering the best receiver in all of football. And then you got to hope those young guys can stick up. So it's going to be a tough task, but I hate to come on here and predict a Dolphins loss, but I will be honest. I have picked up the Vikings defense in a few fantasy leagues. So I'm a piece of crap. <laughs> you guys are terrible. You guys are absolutely terrible. There are three games where Justin Jefferson has gone absolutely bananas, 147, 154, and 184 yards. The two other games, Minnesota's 28 to 24 win over the Vikings and that loss in Philly, their leading receiver had 73 or 52 yards. Guys, I think this is a situation where if you can get that early turnover, if you can kind of put Kirk Cousins in that box, I think it can be a win. I like 20 to seven, kind of like that New England game to begin the season. Screw you guys and and the pessimism. We do this podcast. I picked them to win. (laughs) We do this podcast too much to be this miserable. Well, that, that's the great thing about doing it too much because we'll be back again next week and we'll get to predict a Dolphins win against Brian Flores' uh, linebacker unit in the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Wow. Revenge Talk game. Talk about an outro. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, either way, again, we got to keep it into perspective. The Dolphins, when they were healthy, still missing Byron Jones, mind you, but when they were healthy and they had two at the helm, they started the season 3-0. and That was against good teams. They beat the Patriots who last I checked are coached by Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time. They beat the Ravens after going down by multiple scores and needing 21 points in the fourth quarter just to get that done. And they beat the Buffalo Bills, who are uh, Super Bowl favorites in many people's eyes and have Josh Allen uh, as the, you know, what do you call it? The Transformers guy. What is Megatron? What is Sure. Anyways, I'm Works real bad at me. this. I'm I'm so bad at the 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 comic book and the the cartoon stuff. I'm real not not so good at it. I should have left it at the Pokemon reference. But Josh Allen 
is a damn good quarterback. That's what I'm trying to say. And we beat them too. We were three and zero. We we suffered some injuries, a couple of losses that were they're tough to swallow. And if we lose this week, so be it. We're still three and three. There's a lot of teams that are kind of hovering around that 500 mark right now. There's not a lot of standout teams out there unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills. So everything still within the Dolphins' sights if they want it. All they need to do is get healthy, get Tua back, get Byron back healthy, get Teron back healthy, and this is a different team. This is a team that's already proven this year that they can win. So regardless, whatever happens against the Vikings happens. We still have an exciting season of football ahead of us. At mbrave13, Merrick, thank you so much for joining us. Joshua, like you do it all, man. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at H-O-U-T-Z. That's how it's same thing on YouTube. We got to get the subscribers up for Joshua, so be sure to hit him up there. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We are praying we can come back early next week with a recap show talking about how the Dolphins are back in the win column. But until then, I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami